No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. A bad 20 seconds to start the game. A much better 59 minutes and 40 seconds to end the game. And the Winnipeg Jets take care of business on home ice with a 6-2 victory over the San Jose Barracudas. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. For all those joining us live this evening on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, we say good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. With Dave Manouk, with Ezra Ginsberg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel, here to talk about the Jets' commanding 6-2 victory on home ice to end the home portion of the regular season schedule and to move within one point gained or one point lost by Calgary and Nashville after they play tonight for the Jets being a playoff team. Gentlemen, good to see you both on this Monday evening. You know, it's funny, I call them the San Jose Barracudas, but they actually have more talent, I would say, on the ice than the Nashville Predators did on Saturday night. Not in goal. James Reimer was god-awful, pardon the pun. But, uh, you know, uh, other than that, there was a lot. I mean, the Sharks aren't a good hockey team, but they still do have, I'd say, more NHL regulars than than a team like the National Predators did on Saturday night. Nonetheless, the Jets did what they haven't done so often this year against the Sharks, and they absolutely took it to them, getting a much-needed commanding 6-2 victory on home ice. What's up, boys? Yeah, I, I would agree with that assessment, Drew, in terms of the Sharks versus the Predators. I mean, nice to see Eric Carlson pick up his 100th point, and, and Dave was mentioning it right before we went live there. It seems like every single season there's at least a handful of players that hit milestones against the Jets, right? But, uh, you know, he's he's got 100 points on a, on a really bad team, and we knew mm. the Sharks were going to be bad this year, and I told you guys, I think off-air, probably not on-air, San Jose's the team I'm personally pulling for to get Connor Bedard. I think Eric Carlson and Connor Bedard on the same team would be incredible. Um, I just really, there's only one team that I, that I don't want to get Connor Bedard and that's the Chicago Blackhawks for obvious reasons. But uh, I think San Jose, you know, has, I think at right now the fourth best odds at getting Bedard. I'd have to check that. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, the Sharks are, you know, good for Tristan Robbins from Clear Lake, Manitoba. Yeah. He makes his NHL regular season debut, right? So it's it's nice to see things like that. And, you know, you're making the joke, but yeah, there's a lot of guys that don't have a lot of NHL experience. And that's what you should be doing when you're this far behind a playoff spot, right? Like there's only a few games left. You should be giving a guy like Tristan Robbins, who's played well in the AHL, an opportunity, right? But you know, the Jets were, aside from, as you mentioned, Drew, the early goal that Carlson scored, I mean, this was as one-sided as it gets, right? Just as one-sided as it was against the Predators. And yeah, the Pred the Sharks score goal in the third period, but then the Jets come right back and they score a couple more goals, right? Mm -hmm. So this was completely one-sided. And, you know, when you talk about exerting your will, like you were talking about on the Saturday show, that's what they did, Dave. The Jets exerted their will. They're a much better team. Um, and, you know even though there was a little bit of adversity, you know, I, I really like when the Jets killed the, 
the penalty off that Kyle Connor took. I think it was a holding penalty yeah. in the third period. And the Sharks only had a few chances right at the end of the power play. But they just didn't really let the Sharks get back into this game. And especially when Appleton scored early in the third period. I mean, you knew the Sharks weren't coming back down three goals. They absolutely. And to Ezzy's point, Dave, and I want to get you in on that, is what, what I mean, not impresses me, but a, a positive from the Jets' perspective is every time – San Jose pushed a little bit in this game. And when they pushed, I, you know, I'm talking about when they got goals, the Jets responded very quickly. So the one nothing goal, obviously a terrible way for the Jets to start the game. And we'll get into it when we get into the Betway game recap. But then the Jets respond very quickly. They don't give San Jose really any anything to celebrate. They don't let them get into the flow of the game. They're immediately down their throat, tying the game up. When San Jose makes it 4-2, Again, it was they weren't going to come back from that point in time, but the Jets immediately, as as he said, pile on another couple goals right right after to to really just sort of ham put the hammer down a little bit more on this Sharks team uh, to ensure that the Jets come away with a very uh, you know I'm going to use the word easy easy tidy you know six two victory. It's not one that they have to be stressed about uh, heading into the game tomorrow night in Minnesota, and it's sort of ironic. They're probably going to get to Minnesota before the Wild do. The Wild are playing in Chicago right now. And that game started, I believe, at 8 o'clock Central Time. Uh, so it was even a later start. So the Jets will be in their hotel room uh, in, in Minnesota, likely before the Wild are back in their homes uh, in Minnesota ahead of tomorrow night's back to back for both of the for Minnesota and Chicago tied one one after one. Yeah, I mean it, that game doesn't really have many much impact from the Jets' perspective, but just sort of an interesting quirk in that it's a back to back for both teams, and the away team tomorrow night is going to be there before the home team is, Dave. Yeah, and we and we've seen that a couple of times this year, and and yeah. folks are excited because the Preds currently have a one nothing lead in. Uh, in 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 uh, Calgary, sorry. So folks are uh, said Winnipeggers are going to have to be uh, showering after this night. You know they're cheering for the Pre Nashville Predators. Uh, they didn't think they'd ever have to do that, but that's exactly what they want to see. They want to see Nashville win mm-hmm. in regulation because that makes it all the more difficult. Because Nashville would then have to do the exact same thing the Jets do, which is play Minnesota, Colorado to end their season. And of course, they'd have to win out and have the Jets lose the next two games. But uh, just 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 for the record, though, it doesn't matter if it's a regulation victory or no, no. But I'm what I'm saying is, but but you just don't want to give. You just want to give. I I just I'm just saying. Yeah, no, no. Of course, I'm. But the point I'm trying to make is that you want to see Nashville win. I just said regulation, but I'm just saying that you need to see Nashville win because you just again, Calgary is the closer of the two teams, and Calgary has the easier of the two schedules. Because guess who Calgary plays next? Yes, but it's it's much funnier. So let me just break it down, actually, for everybody who's listening and okay, who might not be fully aware of the playoff scenarios. So the Jets with the victory today, uh, obviously, they move up uh, to the to the ninety three point mark in the in the Western Conference. Calgary is in action right now against Nashville, and then so uh, Calgary's three points behind the Jets, and the Predators are five points behind the Jets. Whomever loses between Calgary and Nashville is eliminated. Doesn't matter if they're if they if they lose in overtime. Doesn't matter if they lose in a shootout. Whoever loses that game is done. Their playoff chances are over. And then whomever wins tonight's game between Calgary and Nashville uh, really has to win out. So they do have to win out for their remaining either one game if it's Calgary who beats Nashville or two games if it's Nashville who beats Calgary. For peak funniness and for peak hilarity, 
I want Calgary to win and then lose to San Jose because wouldn't that just be absolutely the the icing on the cake for the Calgary Flames season? All the terrible losses that they've had. I think that this game would be at home, if I'm not mistaken, on Wednesday is when San Jose and Calgary play each other. It would be very funny for peak hilarity. It, it, you know, I don't uh, think that's Cal- peak hilarity. I think that's peak cruelty. I don't know. Well, I, need, I mean, I, I don't know. Peak Schadenfreude? How about that? I think, I think, yeah, let's go with that. I think Jets fans just want to know that the Jets are in the playoffs. Put it that way, Drew. And they're in the playoffs. Like, let's, let's not get ourselves here. Well, anyways, no, I I just was going to finish my point, which was the fact that the Jets have been playing very well. They've got four wins in the last five games. They're doing what they needed to do, which is clicking at the end of the season. Now, it's unfortunate for them that they have to click in order to make the playoffs. But at the end of the day, it's better for them. And Calgary was clicking too, uh, you know, somewhat in that they were doing these come from behind victories, which yeah, they had done. Let's be careful with how we say clicking here, Dave, when you're referring to the flames. I don't get it. Like they, ha- they haven't really been playing. They've been inconsistent all year. No, no, no. I agree with you. I agree. Uh, but what I'm saying is, is that, and I, you're no, no, I was going to say, but the funny part for the, for the flames is it was a joke. Had, I was making a joke. It was just no, no, I got, that was, I, I that was a great one there, buddy. <laughs> but I, Whoa, Drew, sorry that we're not all rumor style for you right now, but anywho, the point is that the Flames, even though they've been inconsistent all year and hadn't had any third-period comebacks, in the last 10 days, of course, they've had three uh, that have allowed them to gain points in the in the standings and, and kind of, you know, put themselves where they, nobody expected them to be. But the point is, and I, the one I'm trying to make, uh, you know, pull draw attention to is because, of course, we're focused on the Jets here, is the fact that the Jets have had four very good games, right? And and pulled mm-hmm. out four, you know, eight points out of ten in their last five. So the Jets have done what they needed to do to push their way into the playoffs. And the fact is, Minnesota's dealing with injuries right now. They're playing right now, as as you just said. So it's not as if Minnesota is Minnesota and Winnipeg have had a good rivalry, and so it'll be a good one tomorrow. But it's kind of on on equal footing almost a little bit in against the Wild. So uh, and and we'll see what happens with Nashville, obviously in Calgary. But we'll keep our eyes peeled on that as well. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, so you know, no matter what happens with Calgary and Nashville and everything else, it's all a cow's opinion as long as the Jets get one point in their final two games. It's that simple. The Jets are completely in control of their own playoff fate and their own playoff positioning. It's simply just need to take care of business. And to your point, Dave, and I don't think we should really gloss over that. The Jets came into this homestand, a five-game homestand, the longest homestand of the year, if I'm not mistaken, uh, needing to 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 sort of play good hockey because they hadn't played good hockey in a long, long time. And the only period of the last 15 periods that they've played that you would say was, was disappointing was probably the third period against the Flames last Wednesday night. Other than that, they would have been the better of the two teams on the ice in all of the games on their homestand. And that is something for a team that has been searching for consistency, as he and searching for... Uh, something to be to build upon and searching for something to be positive about is something that they can certainly take uh, from this homestand. Yeah, absolutely. And and you're right. I mean, you look at just the games against the Wings, the Devils, and the Sharks. I mean, six goals every game, right? And, you know, that's what has been the problem for this team, scoring goals specifically on the power play. Mm-hmm. I would agree that the third period against the Flames uh, was disappointing, especially with the Flames being on the second game of a back-to-back. And if you won that game. I mean, it would have would have made this game probably meaningless. You probably would have already clinched a playoff spot or you had a chance to clinch a playoff spot with a win against Nashville. But 
yeah, I mean, this is definitely something you can build upon. And, you know, Minnesota, Colorado, you've got two more games here, uh, you know, that are going to have playoff implications for both of those teams because Dallas is beating, or I don't know if that game's over, beat Detroit. So there's a battle between Dallas and Colorado and Minnesota beat for first. one Right, there you go. So, I mean, it's going to have playoff implications, even regardless of, you know, who's out of the lineup. And I think that, you know, Hellebuck has, has definitely earned a rest. I don't know if he's going to get it. He probably will play tomorrow. But, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, you don't love the fact that, you know, he's had to play this much, but you have to play him. You have to play your best goalie. And David Riddick has not been very good as, as the backup. That's been well documented. Um, but yeah, it was a full team effort again, right? Like this, this wasn't, uh, you know, all on, on the top line. I mean, Shifley, Connor and Dubois were very good. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Lowry Appleton, um, and Nita Ryder. Very good again tonight. Josh Morrissey. Excellent. Dylan DeMello, obviously getting in on the offense. So team victory. And, you know, that's what you had to do. And and I really do think guys that the Jets didn't want to lose. If they were going to lose a game in these last few games, they didn't want to lose to the Sharks again. They'd already lost to the Sharks <laughs> twice. And quite frankly, the last one, let's be honest, that was an embarrassing loss. Well, that was and so I think I think they were they were trying to also prove to themselves that, you know, they didn't want to follow up the game against the Predators with another loss against the Sharks. So even mm-hmm. though they scored uh they were scored on first early, they fought through some adversity and, you know, kept pushing and even in the third period, they didn't take the foot off the gas and that's sometimes what the Jets have done this year, mm-hmm. and they didn't do that tonight. So it was a you know a, no no complaints from me. I thought that was a a very one sided win for sure. Yeah, one sided. But you talk about it. Sorry, Dave. I was going to say the the ice time very balanced all throughout the lineup. Nobody is overtaxed in terms of their time on ice, especially yeah. in, a, in a six two game like this. The lowest time on ice is Saku Manalainen at nine twenty seven, uh, and the highest time on ice is Josh Morrissey at twenty three oh nine. Otherwise, everyone is in and around the you know the the double digits. But again, a very you could an easy game for Rick Bonus to run the bench, where you can basically just cycle your your four lines through one after another after another, which is as it should be against a team like the San Jose Sharks, who the Jets are more talented than. Yeah, and let's welcome Millet, who's watching us from the Philippines. So welcome Woo. Millet, and welcome I hope Millet. I'm pronouncing it right. But uh, yeah, and one of the things we should note is that Cal Connor and Nikolai Ehlers both. Didn't take the morning skate, and mm-hmm. Rick Bonus said afterwards that uh, one of the two, he wouldn't say whom, was a game time decision, and both took the warm up, and so did Carson Kuhlman. So we weren't certain exactly who uh, that was going to be for, but my inclination is to think it was for Nikolai Ehlers because he was. We were talking about it in the uh, press box hashtag no big deal, and he was talk. Uh, there was some talk about how. <laughs> but he was talking. There was some talk about how Ehlers was taking some very short shifts. Uh, in the first couple of periods. So perhaps he was still a little, maybe he was a little bit under the weather. And that's the reason why uh, Nikolai Ehlers wasn't, uh, you know, taking as long as shifts. I don't know where his ice time ended up, Drew, but um, he had, a, I mean, again, he had a good game. I just thought that, you know, it, it and Cal Connor looked like he was playing, playing a little bit longer. So my, if I had to guess one of them, it's, it's, it, it, it's, there's no value, but yeah. one of the two of them was dealing with something. So they were going to be a game time decision and obviously both played. 12 minutes and 50 seconds for Ehlers in terms of time on ice. And Connor? And Connor was uh, more. Connor was up at 18.25. So I'm inclined to believe that it's Ehlers who was dealing with something. 
yeah, that would uh, that would make sense. I would agree with uh, that. Uh, your, your assessment there sort of does make uh, a fair bit of sense, and obviously the Jets will have to deal with. That's why they want to. I mean, look, the playoffs start next Monday, so you know they have a week from today is their first, is when the and it was when the Stanley Cup playoffs begin. I didn't know that until I read that in Mike's column. Uh, Mike McIntyre's column, I think, this morning. Uh, so, no, you know, if it's Monday, well, if the Jets can then clinch on Tuesday, then boy, that gets you a week of Call rest. Up the moose. Well, I mean, you know, you're obviously going to on Thursday, you're going to be playing all the guys who haven't played in a long while, but it gives you a huge week of rest for a lot of the players who've been playing a lot of hockey as of late, first and foremost, of course, being Connor Hellebuck. It's really, I mean, getting uh, almost that full week of rest as opposed to just getting the, you know, the three days of rest if the Jets have to play on Thursday in a meaningful game will be uh, will be a significant uh, step forward for a team that's played a lot of hockey uh, as of late. Uh, Dave M., your TV is very concerning to me. Thank you very much. It's back on the fire. It wasn't on the fire, and I was getting a little off-put from whatever was going on behind the scenes on your screen there, but things are back to normal now. It can't be the Illegal Curve post-game show if your head isn't on fire, Mr. Manuk. Fair enough. There you go. Let's uh, get into the game. We got more goals than we had in on Saturday night, so we might as well get into the Betway game recap a little earlier than we did on Saturday. It's brought to you by our friends at Betway, one of the most trusted voices in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. Betway is the sports betting app that puts you, the customer, at the forefront with a large selection of betting options and sports, as well as strong promotions and fair odds. What are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. As we said, uh, not the best start for the Winnipeg Jets. Can't help but chuckle at this start, especially now that the game ended 6-2. Eric Carlson, his 24th of the season, assist uh, to Jacob Peterson and Logan Couture. Uh, for the uh, for the San Jose Sharks, that coming at the 22nd mark, uh, the Jets look like they have a good opportunity or a good shift in the San Jose zone, and then it very quickly becomes an odd man rush for the Sharks, uh, leading to Eric Carlson getting his 24th of the season, and everyone in the uh, Canada Life Center takes a big gulp as the game doesn't start the way the Jets wanted to start, as he. Big big gulp, right? Yeah, gulp. number ninety nine for Carlson at that point before he made it uh, point number hundred. But yeah, to me, th- what happens here is Nino Niederreiter's back. It's a three on three situation, and Nino Niederreiter seems like he's not sure who to take here. Mm-hmm. And that to me was where the, the breakdown happens, right? Jacob Peterson, it's a give and go between Eric Carlson and Jacob Peterson. And to me, Nino Niederreiter just his, uh, I guess his indecisiveness, indecisiveness if you want to call it that, um, is what happened there. And yeah, it was just a little bit, you know, slow to react for the Jets defensively. Uh, but that's what I saw there on, on that goal. And it was a nice give and go, don't get me wrong. But uh, I just thought that Niederreiter, yeah. because he was a little indecisive, didn't know who to take. And then Carlson obviously was open and he, uh, you know, had a you know fairly wide open cage uh, to score the, the first goal of the game there. 
Yeah, he he did, and that was his first of the game. We know he got his second, and he got his 100th point of the season. And we were talking about this uh, off-air before the show started. Uh, I don't think he should be the Norris Trophy. Both of you think he's going to get the Norris Trophy. Uh, not not that either of you think that he's the, the best candidate for it, but, uh, you know, I, look, he's, he's a fantastic offensive player, but you can't tell me that his contributions to the Sharks team are so significant that that should make him the best defenseman as awarded at the end of the regular season. He certainly was the best offensive defenseman this year, but it's not like the San Jose Sharks team is going anywhere fast. That's what the Norris is, though. The Norris is the best offensive defenseman. What, However you want to spin it, that's that's traditionally it does go to the, one of the defensemen that has the most points. So right. I don't think you're necessarily wrong, Drew, but I think – uh, there's a really good chance that Carlson's going to get the Norris. Only six defensemen in NHL history yeah. have scored 100 points, right? Hey, look, it's an it's an incredible achievement. I'm not taking anything away from it because 100 points, as you said, only six defensemen in NHL history have got uh, have have ever reached the 100 point mark, and he deserves full marks and full credit. And he was a fantastic player, uh, especially in his days when leading the those Ottawa Senators teams. But things haven't worked out as well for him ever since he became a member of the San Jose Sharks. But we digress on that one. One nothing San Jose early in the game and you want to see now how do the Jets respond can they beat uh you know James Reimer who they haven't been able to beat all season long are they able to you know flush the bad 20 seconds and get back into the uh into the playing the way they want to play and the answer is yes with Kevin LeBanc in the box for holding Pierre-Luc Dubois gets his 27th of the season at the 111 mark so it took all of 41 seconds for the Jets to uh pardon me 51 seconds for the Jets to tie the game up Assist to Shifley and Ehlers, Dave. This is exactly the response you wanted to see from the Jets. The fact that it comes on a power play that's maybe showing a little more sign of life in the last yeah. little bit is even better news uh, to boot for everyone else. Well, and we talked about it in the last game how the Jets' power play looked better and they, mm-hmm. they had really good movement. And and yeah, you wanted to, like I like the way they attacked and Nikolai Ehlers, who I was discussing, you know, could be dealing with something. He had a nice play because that puck was kind of in a no man's land, but he used his speed to get to it. And then, of course, fired it to Shifley, a little tic-tac-toe to Pierre-Luc Dubois to the back of the net. And, you know, again, it was nice movement in advance of that. And you just saw, look, Dubois now has a career high for points. I think it was his 62nd. And the most important thing was the Jets solved James Reimer because James Reimer came in as he looking like Patrick Waugh against the Winnipeg Jets, at least not against anybody else in the NHL, but against the Winnipeg Jets, he had looked like he was never going to be beat. And so he wondered whether that would play into the Jets mind, even though the Jets are the better team and the Jets have been playing very well. If they had gone a longer stretch, do they get a little tight? They didn't look tight and they didn't really need to worry about it because they scored so quickly uh, after the Sharks took that uh, one, nothing lead. But you're right, though. I think that make you're you're right, Dave. Is you know they needed to get that because James Reimer. Anytime a goalie has a team's number, you know you you wonder how long does that carry over for, and that's why it was so important for the Jets to have that quick response to the poor start to the game, as he and that's exactly what they did, getting that power play goal and really sort of setting the tone from then on out. Yeah, I would agree. I think that, you know, Reimer has played way above what you think he was going to do against the Jets. So, and and not only did you want to beat him early, you wanted to tie the game early. So mm-hmm. I think that was, uh, it was obviously a critical part of the game. And yeah, I like I, I agree with Dave, the, the movement by Shifley there, you saw him uh, go through the slot and then he was tracking the puck. 
so you just like the movement and the quick decision making. Yes, exactly right. And then you like the Jets uh, built upon that uh, seven fourteen mark of the first period. So six minutes and, th- and three seconds later, Adam Lowry gets his twelfth of the year assist to Nino Niederreiter and Nate Schmidt. Look, I thought Lowry, Niederreiter, and Mason Appleton were beasts today. Uh, and they've been pretty good as of late, especially on this homestand. They were one of the Jets' best and most consistent lines. Uh, and, you know, the the Sharks just couldn't handle the physicality of Adam Lowry. And on this play, it's a goal mouth scramble. You know, Niederreiter, you know, comes around the net and he sort of feeds it in front. And Lowry is just bigger and stronger and more determined than the San Jose Sharks. And he is able to jam it in uh, past James Reimer and give the Jets the 2-1 lead, as he. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with that assessment of the goal. I think, you know, Niederreiter, it's a good net drive. And I mean, I think what you saw, especially in tonight's game, is the inexperience uh, on, on the Sharks back end like yeah you have Eric Carlson out there but you didn't have Mark Edward Vlasic and and Matt Benning is a, a veteran defenseman at this point but Henry Thrun and Jacob we talked about Jacob McDonald earlier and mm-hmm. uh Nizov, I, I mean these aren't uh these well, Ferraro's, aren't Ferraro's been in the league for a while but right yeah still there, there's there's a lot of young players out there mm-hmm. and especially on that shift that's what you saw I think yeah. they were just scrambling around and you know, they, to your point, they couldn't handle the size of the Lowry Appleton Niederreiter line. So, I mean, that's what you like to see. I mean, some of these goals were nicer than others. That goal was obviously as greasy as it gets. Yeah, exactly. It was greasy, but that's certainly what the Jets needed. And it was funny um, because I thought he was going to hit Mason Appleton, who was wide open in front. And, you know, the Niederreiter, you got to give him credit because he goes around the net, puts it in mm-hmm. front. And then Lowry uses his man strength, if you will to just get that puck and make sure that he's, you know, cause he's got, he's got a lot of uh, bodies around him, but he manages to put that into the empty net. And that was, you know, unlike in the previous game where we saw these opportunities going a little bit wide, mm-hmm. you know, that, that was an important one to give the jets, to give the jets some momentum and give the crowd some, I mean, the crowd was really good from the, from the, from the anthems right through to the end of the game. But I mean, it, again, it's easy to say they're good, but when the, the team is scoring goals and there's that little bit of a brief, you know, as you talk about drew, the pressure valve that comes off a little bit, the fan base can enjoy it a little. Yeah, exactly. Right. Two one at that point in time. Lowry just with body position is able to jam it in, and then the Jets make it three one. And again, this is what you needed to do. You need to not give the San Jose Sharks any semblance of life after the Jets gave him that semblance for the first 20 seconds of the game. Uh, it's Kyle Connor, his 32nd of the year, a quiet 32 goals on the year for, for Kyle Connor, assist to Dylan DeMello and Josh Morrissey. Uh, you know, and it's a nice shot by DeMello. It's a tippable shot. And that's exactly what Kyle Connor does. He tips it past, uh, uh, past James Reimer uh, as the puck goes uh, point to point, And then DeMello, gets it through traffic. He's been great this year for the Winnipeg Jets. Another one of those sort of, he's been underrated in his performance, I think, this year. Uh, especially, you know, we we know that he's more, uh, you know, on the defensive side of things, but his offensive game has been tremendous this year as well. As he said, I think career highs and points and everything else and goals. If I'm not mistaken, Dave M, you keep track of that sort of thing. But it's uh, Connor gets his 32nd on the nice top shot from DeMello, and it's 3-1 for the Jets, uh, this coming at the 14-26 mark of the first period. I would agree that DeMello probably doesn't get enough recognition for his offensive game. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, he's done a really good job of getting pucks through to the net. And, you know, I, I love Dubois' work here 
behind the net. And, you know, obviously we've talked about Morrissey and also just like the Jets were just, they were playing in more kind of decisive, I thought, uh, you know, than at some points of the season. But yeah, it was a nice Connor. I believe it was Logan Couture who had him in front of the net, a guy who, uh, you know, tips a lot of pucks himself, who has tipped a lot of pucks. I think he scored uh, 700 points uh, tonight or not scored 700 points, but got an assist. Uh, to make it 700 points. So yeah, that was just, you know, as uh, kind of basic as it gets, right? Just go to the net, nice tip. DeMello, uh, as we talked about, has really gotten good at that. It's been noticeable this year uh, that he's making more of a point at kind of, uh, you know, being that guy that, you know, kind of the Neil Pionk style, uh, you know, getting those shots through from the point. So, uh, and that was a huge goal. You're absolutely right. Late in the first period, um, you know, you'd rather go into the, the second period with a two goal lead as opposed to a, a one goal lead, obviously. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, and the Jets deserve that. I mean, what did they have 14 or 15 shots in that first period to the Sharks five or six? So, um, yeah. you know, they, they worked hard for these goals. That's right. 14-5. I think, uh, you know, after the Sharks scored at the 22nd mark, I think it took Connor Hellebuck until about an eight minutes later until he actually made his first save of the game, Dave, because the Jets just absolutely took control and I think outshot San Jose something like 8-1 after the Sharks opened the scoring. So Connor Hellebuck gave up that early goal and then had a nice sort of 10-minute break in the you know throughout the first period. Well, it was a very we- unusual uh situation with the with the shots because we didn't really know what they were they kept changing all the they kept making all the stops and they kept changing all the shots because it was it was eight one then it was eight two then it was eight three then it was eight one again and then the jets (laughs) suddenly had like 10 shots then the jets had nine shots and the jets it was i mean again not that it really matters but it was just really unusual and even at the end of the first period when i tweeted from the ic account i think it was like 16 to 5 but then somehow it ended up being 14 to 5 so uh, the NHL folks were having some uh, excitement. I think they were leaving early to get candy was our thoughts, but uh, regardless, or they left a monkey in charge of, you know, deciding all of uh, the shot totals, yeah. regardless, uh, the jets, the jets turned it around and that's what you wanted to see from them. Because look again, I don't really care if you want to call it a can't win, a must win or a can't lose or, or any of those, you know, ways of describing this hockey game. But the fact of the matter is this was a game. The jets could not afford to lose. Yeah. They absolutely needed the two points. And they needed to have a good response to the early goal. And that's what exactly what they did. And they played a, a really solid opening 20 minutes. Yes, I would agree with that. And you talk about the possession numbers. Uh, we remember the dominant second period against Nashville on Saturday night. Possession numbers in the first period, 80% to 20% at five on five in favor of the Jets. So you can see that it was a dominant first period. I mean, the second and the third periods weren't quite as dominant, but they were still you know, one-sided. It ended up 72% to 28% in favor of the Jets. The high danger chances in the course of the game, 16 to three at five on five for the Jets. So again, a, a dominant effort by the Winnipeg Jets uh, tonight. We say good evening to everyone that's just joining us. Welcome to the Elite curve post game show this is the betway game recap drew mandel dave manuk ezra ginsburg with you on this monday night if you haven't already done so smash the like button subscribe to the podcast subscribe to the youtube channel we do this after each and every winnipeg jets game and we're very close to doing it again for some upcoming playoff games uh jets need one point uh in their final two games to get that or they need the loser of tonight, pardon me, the winner of tonight's Calgary Nashville game to then uh, lose one point in their final games as well. And that that would also clinch it for the Winnipeg Jets. 
uh, want to make mention before we get to the second period of the Jets and the Sharks. Team Canada, the Women's World Hockey Championships, victorious over Team US. Team USA tonight, uh, 4-3 in a nine-round shootout. Team Canada wins uh, to beat Team USA. Expect those two teams, of course, to do battle again in the gold medal game. What's most interesting about this one is it was 3-1 Canada late in the third period. Canada had actually scored into an empty net. Uh, mean, and then Team USA came back and scored two goals, including the tying goal with about three seconds to go before the game ended up in the shootout. So another fantastic uh, battle between Team Canada and Team USA, uh, as happens all the time between those two juggernauts. Uh, no scoring in the second period, a very tidy second period. 3-1 was the lead after uh, after 20 minutes. 3-1 was the lead for the Winnipeg Jets after 40 minutes. Not for a lack of opportunity, of course. James Reimer had to make some saves. Those were the you know a few saves that he made in tonight's game because he didn't make many. But again, exactly what you want to see from a Winnipeg Jets team, even though there were no goals scored in the period, they successfully kill off that Kyle Connor holding penalty. And then for the most part, they control the flow of that period to make it 3-1 going into the uh, third Ezzy. Yep, and yeah, are we going into the uh, fourth goal? I wasn't sure if we... You, no, I was just going to say, if you had any thoughts on the second period, or Dave, if you have any sort of thoughts on that second period, it wasn't much to, uh, to you know, excitement there, just sort of a very, what I thought was a tidy period by the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I think, you know, it, it, you mentioned the, the high danger chances. There weren't a lot of high danger chances at all, but mm-hmm. yeah, the Jets had some saves. Uh, I'll be honest with you, Drew, I wasn't watching... Uh, the the whole first couple periods, so I'm not going to be able to to tell you a lot about any chances the the Jets had. But if you want to get into the Appleton goal there, um, I mean, you love the the net drive by Nino Niederreiter again, and you love the fact that you know this line just continues to be aggressive, right? And and look, it, it it's a rebound, it's a juicy rebound that James Reimer gives up, but uh, you know Mason Appleton makes no mistake about it. But you love what Nino Niederreiter brings to that line, right, guys? Like we talked about. When Shifley's moved to the wing, you had your concerns about the Jets up the middle. And I definitely do have my concerns up the middle, by the way, if Shifley's not up the middle in, in a first round uh, or any extended playoff run. But uh, I love that what that third line is doing right now. And, you know, you, you love to score an early goal in the third period because we talked about it, right? Still a two-goal game at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, that game put it out of reach for the Sharks. Right. So that comes 16 seconds into the third period, Dave. It's Mason Appleton, his fourth, you know, Niederreiter getting the primary assist and Adam Lowry, the secondary assist. And it's a nice play by Lowry and a nice uh, play by Niederreiter. Niederreiter's charging hard to the net, as as he mentioned. He gets his stick on it, sort of a one-handed redirection attempt. Uh, Reimer can't control the rebound uh, and sets it up on a tee for Mason Appleton, who makes no mistake, wiring it into the back of the net to give the Jets the 4-1 lead. And at 4-1, that's exactly what you wanted to see the Jets do to start that third period is just sort of say, okay, good night. We're going to make this nice and easy on ourselves. We're not going to give you any hope whatsoever. And they do it 16 seconds into the period. Well, first of all, as he's right, that third line was phenomenal, and yes. and Nita Ryder is is a, a fantastic addition to to. I mean, he's been a he's been a fantastic addition to any line he's gone on, but he really does seem to work well because he's a hard worker, and that's kind of what defines that third line for the Winnipeg Jets. And I think if you if you talk about 
the way this game went and sure the Jets were in control and you talked about the, the, the numbers drew, but talk about just a death blow to a Sharks team that again, isn't a very good hockey team. They've got some good players, but not a great hockey team overall as a collective. And so, you know, you score that goal 16 seconds in. I mean, think about it. If the Sharks score that goal 16 seconds in and it's a 3-2 hockey game, that's a very different <laughs> yeah. feeling in Winnipeg. And fans get a little ner- nervous. They're a little clinchy as he, if, uh, if, the, if it's the Jets giving up another quick goal. But instead, it's the home team that gets things going. And, you know, it's Mason Appleton who, you know, has been doing a lot of the things, a lot of right things, but he just hasn't been getting the results. So he yeah. scores his fourth. And, again, the barn the barn gets going and folks get excited and, and everybody's happy in Winnipeg because, of course, you're now leading 4-1 early in the third period. 4-1 early, the Sharks uh, decide that they want to still stay in it. A power play goal. Uh, it's Eric Carlson, point number 100, as we've talked about, his 25th of the season. Assist Tomas Hurtle, uh, this coming uh, 342 mark of the third period. Uh, this is with, uh, who's in the penalty box? The Jets take a bizarre too many men too on many the ice men. penalty. Yeah, yeah this is going to, it comes back. I'll tell you what, if you're going to take a too many men on the ice penalty and it's going to come back to bite, you uh do it when you're up four one that's my that's my expert advice uh for tonight is do it uh, when you're up four one just a little bit over eager on this line change as the jets played with uh six skaters and a goalie which is not allowed based on my interpretation of the nhl rule book the sharks uh, get the power play the sharks take advantage uh making it four two Still a fair bit of time, still 16 minutes to go in the third period, Ezzy. Uh, but uh, it uh, was uh, far too little, far too late for the San Jose Sharks after this Carlson goal. Yeah, and and I mentioned earlier, I thought the, the penalty kill was re- came through big in the second period when Kyle Connor took that penalty at a point in the game when obviously the score was closer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really, you know, looking at the replay, you know, I, I really don't know if Hellebuck sees this to be honest with you, Stephen yeah. Lorenz, who's providing the screen in front of Hellebuck and, and Carlson knows it, right? Like he identifies there's a, there's a screen there and, and Carlson's a veteran defenseman who has many, many goals in his NHL career. So, uh, you know, not taking anything away from him, but it kind of looked like that seeing eye type of type of shot. Right. And yeah. Dave's right. I, I mean, if Appleton doesn't score early in the third period, which he obviously did, but like that just shows you the significance of that goal, right? Because if it's a one goal game, then yeah, you're, you're playing that game a lot differently. You're not playing it as loose as the Jets were. And I mean loose in a in a good way, right? So, uh, yeah, I mean, Carlson, great for him to get 100 points, great individual accomplishment. Uh, at the time, you know, it looked like it was going to be a little bit more of a tight third period. But as we know, the Jets responded shortly after. Uh, but again, I mean, that that goal, the, the penalty kill was was, aside from that, really solid tonight. Um, but again, I think, you know, that, that's, uh, at least, you know, that's what I saw there was, I don't think Hellbuck saw nearly enough of it as, as he would like. Yeah, I would agree with there with your assessment there. Uh, the, well, again, the Jets respond though. It takes two minutes and six seconds after uh, San Jose cuts the, into the lead for the Jet to uh, regain the three goal lead. Josh Morrissey, his sixteenth of the season, assist to Dylan DeMello and Mason Appleton, and we've seen Josh Morrissey wire the puck a few different times this year into the back of the net. This is one of those times, uh, as I mentioned, at his sixteenth of the year in addition to giving the Jets a 5-2 lead this is also our Seagram's shot of the game Seagram's 83 Manitoba's favorite Canadian whiskey 
pour yourself one available at any of our local liquor marts and wherever your fine liquor products are sold. Big thanks to Seagram's for being a sponsor here on the Illegal Curve post-game show. Just an absolutely beautiful shot by Josh Morrissey. You can see he just walks in. You can see he's got the time and the space and he absolutely puts it into the top corner, beating James Reimer and just a, you know, almost a bit of a vintage Josh Morrissey goal, uh, Dave, certainly a carbon copy to a few others that we've seen this year. It was, it was a Josh Morrissey smash. I mean, that was, that was a hammer shot. And, you know, it, it was a, it was a uh, significant game for Josh Morrissey. He was playing in his 500th NHL game. And I, I sent this from the IC Twitter account, but I said, it feels like just yesterday we were in New Jersey at the 2013 draft uh, mm-hmm. watching Josh Morrissey, a baby face, Josh Morrissey get drafted by the Winnipeg Jets. And now 10 years later, he's uh, playing in his 500th NHL game for the club. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, that was his 74th point yeah. in 79 games or 77 games. Sorry for Josh Morrissey. He had 37 in, in 79 last year. So he's doubled his point production in one season. I mean, it's, it's been a remarkable year. There's just no other way of looking at what he has accomplished personally for, for this Jets club. They needed him. Uh, Rick bonus gave him that sort of latitude to open up his game a little bit. And as a result, you're seeing the fruits of the labor uh, from the first, you know, from the start of training camp to now, and he's just having a remarkable season. So that goal, and again, as he's right, like we were talking about it, that goal is important because even though it's four two, and even though the Sharks are most likely done, that really just put the that put yeah. the old nail in the coffin. That just said, okay, this one's over. It was, uh, you know, and again, the celebration expertly caught by our boy Colby Spence. The photos are already on the Illegal Curve Instagram. Uh, where where you could see the the celebration from Josh Morrissey. That's another element of his game that we've seen a little bit more of. Uh, you know the expression when he scores. But anyways, the point is it was emphatic. It was a nice goal. He hammered it. Reimer had no chance, and suddenly it's five two for the Jets. And get ready to start waving it up with the rest of the Jets fans. That's right. The wave started shortly thereafter. The Jets add one more goal. This one on the power play. I'd have to go back. I'm trying to think. When was the last game the Jets scored multiple power play goals? Uh, boy, I, you know, maybe, uh, maybe the crack research team will look, uh, look at this during the uh, commercial break coming up and see when we can come up with that answer. Was it the Edmonton game? Did they have a couple power play goals in that Edmonton game? I'm trying to remember back. Could have um, been. Yeah, that would be the last game that sort of comes to mind of them scoring a, a, a whole swack load of goals. They have, they definitely have not scored a lot of power play goals in the same game, uh, in the last month. That's yeah, sure. certainly have been at least that. Yeah. If it wasn't that, maybe that Chicago game right after the All Star break. That might be the only other one. If I don't, I don't know if they had a couple power play goals that game either. It doesn't matter. We'll look it up, and we'll, or somebody else in the chat can look it up and, and tell us. But in any event, Mark Shifley uh, gets his forty first of the season. It's on the power play at the seven thirty five mark. Uh, assist to Kyle Connor. And Morrissey getting his third point of the night. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets with a commanding 6-2 victory after Shifley put this one in the back of the net, as he. Yeah, and, you know, just a beautiful pass by Kyle Connor. And we, mm-hmm. and we talked about it. It's the quick puck, puck movement. It's the motion uh, of the players on the ice. And, you know, that was they made that look easy, right? Like, at that point, the game was already over. This was just the final dagger, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, to your point earlier, you know, the Jets power play, it's been a struggle for them to score one goal. Um, and you know, this is a positive sign here, regardless of what happens, um, you know, in the next couple games, their power play is, is performing at a clip that we haven't seen 
in quite some time, right? Since really the some point in the first half of the season. So, uh, you know, Shifley gets number 41. Uh, love the love that entire line of Shifley, Connor Dubois tonight, and obviously a, a bullet pass by Connor right on the tape. Yeah, exactly right. And uh, Mark Shifley is not going to miss that opportunity very often, and he certainly doesn't. He gets his 41st, and that wraps up the scoring in tonight's contest. A very tidy victory by the Winnipeg Jets by that 6-2 margin. They finish the home uh, stand on a good note. They take uh, 8 out of a possible 10 points at home, and they're actually play a very good season on home ice, a record of 26-13-2 at Canada Life Centre this season so far. We'll see if there's some playoff games still to come, but whatever it is, the home ice advantage was significant for the Winnipeg Jets this year, one of the best home records in the entire NHL. In fact, they have the most wins on home ice so far in the entire Western Conference. So uh, the fans were treated to some good hockey at home this year, some not so good hockey at home as well, but for the most part, victories when the team was playing in downtown Didn't Winnipeg. they have like 33 wins or something in 2018? Uh, yeah, in if they only lost like yeah. seven games in regulation in 2018. Yeah, like after the trade, no, 2017 18. Ezzy, yeah. that was Ezzy, that was a good year for me to be the one who went into the Jets room and for you to be the one that had to always go into the visitor room. Uh, Ezzy would always look at me and be like, Come on, Dave, let me let me go into the into the Jets room just once. I want to be well, around just, a win they never lost. just once they just, that year. They just it's like they won every single game. Especially after the trade deadline. Remember, after the Stasny acquisition, uh, that's when they went on. I, I don't think they lost. They maybe lost. They lost that first game after the trade deadline to Nashville. Remember, Ryan Hartman uh, exploded in that game. Oh, yeah, because he, he had just been acquired, right? He had just been acquired as well. And then yeah. I think after that game onwards, I don't think the Jets lost at home for almost the rest of the regular season. They had something like a 12 or a 13 game uh, home uh, home winning streak from uh, that point till the end of the regular season. Uh, so certainly another home ice advantage situation uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. That's it for the Betway game recap tonight. Big thanks to our friends at Betway for their sponsorship of the re- game recap and their title sponsorship of the post game show. It's simple, fun, and safe to bet with Betway. So head on over to Betway and bet your way. Must be 19 years or older to play. Please play responsibly. When we come back, we have some post game comments from the dressing room. We'll have a look at the out of town scoreboard, our contests. Much more to come. It's the Illegal Curve post-game show. We're live on a Monday night. Jets win 6-2. Don't go anywhere. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk, Ezra Ginsberg with you. We'll be right back. Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, John Stewart, Dennis Miller, Brad Garrett, the biggest acts and all the up-and-comers. They've all made their mark at Rumors Comedy Club, North America's longest-running independent comedy club. Rumors has kept Winnipeg laughing for over 25 years. When was the last time you laughed out loud? Make it a great night out with friends or book your office or birthday party, even a fundraising event at Rumors. Get all the details and dates on upcoming shows at RumorsComedyClub.com. He winds up. 
Looks like Ezzy took that one right in the choppers. A blistering fast puck hurts like H-E double hockey sticks. That's why I let the pros at Linden Market Dental Center turn my yow into wow. Get your brilliant smile back with state-of-the-art restorative and cosmetic dentistry from real pros. And remember, always wear a mouth guard. Now that's solid on ice advice. Learn more at LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy. Everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Dave, my man, why are you in the car already? It's hours until game time. Uh, Drew, it's because I'm stressed out right now, driving around downtown Winnipeg, looking for a parking spot, and I'm not finding one. I've lost Ginsburg. I don't even know where that guy is right now. Dave, haven't I taught you anything? Do what I do. Pre-book your entire month's worth of game day parking with the Grid Park app. It's super easy to use and saves me both time and stress. Well, Drew, I'm not independently wealthy like you are. So I'm sorry that I don't have millions of dollars to pre-book my parking month in advance. What's that going to cost you? $25? How about five bucks? Come on, five dollars? No way. Five bucks. I'm not telling you a lie. And our listeners can get a free park with the new special promo code Illegal Curve. Guess what? There's more. <laughs> There's more, Drew. You're lying to me. What more could there be? Grid Park now has underground parking, so my car can stay warm during the game. So wait a second. Wait a second. All, all the driving around I do, looking for parking, minus 40. You're telling me I could be toasty warm in a car after the hockey game. That's exactly what I'm telling you. Underground parking. Just download the Grid Park app. That's G-R-Y-D Park. And use the code Illegal Curve. All one word. You'll park for free your first time. Hi, it's Drew from Illegal Curve here. Selling your home can be stressful, but it wasn't for me. Thanks to my friends at Zapia Group Realty, they made the process so easy. My home sold within 48 hours and with multiple offers. Zapia Group Realty took care of everything with their exquisite customer service and attention to detail. If you want to sell your home for more in less time, get started by talking to Frank and Mauro Zapia of Zapia Group Realty. Online at zapiagroup.com. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. Bottom of the hour on Monday night. Welcome back to the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsburg with you. We'll be back tomorrow night again for the Jets and the Minnesota Wild. Uh, the back-to-back for both teams will seize the Jets if they earn one point 
in St. Paul, Minnesota, a team that they've had trouble with, the place they haven't had a lot of success in as of late. One point earned tomorrow will put the Jets into a playoff spot. But based on the way things are going in Chicago for the Minnesota Wild, they might be an ornery bunch. Somehow, the Chicago Blackhawks have outshot the Minnesota Wild thus far in the second period by a 19-3 to margin. <laughs> That is wow. uh, impressive. I did not like. It took me a second to. This is courtesy of our buddy Scott Powers. I had to, to do a double take at the at the tweet to make sure he didn't invert uh, the Wild and the Blackhawks. See, the Wild had outshot the Blackhawks nineteen to three. That would have made more sense. I don't think the Blackhawks have outshot anybody by that sizable margin at all this season. But uh, in any event, uh, 19 to Those powerhouse Blackhawks, right, Drew? They, they're a juggernaut. They're looking to play spoiler. Uh, they are currently out shooting the Wild 30 to 12 with three minutes to go in that second. Told you period. the Wild were banged up, Drew. I know they're banged up, but Dave, they're still better than the Blackhawks. I mean, for, for are they though? Well, right now, not tonight so far. Tonight, Chicago leads 2-1 late in the second period there uh, and have that size. Hey, Jets, Jets fans should be enjoying that because they, this could this could be a very easy cruise, a little battle into uh, between friendly Manitoba and uh, Minnesota, not so nice. And the Jets can handle them the way they've handled the, the last uh, four, te- four of the five teams they've played. Uh, they could be clinching as of tomorrow. Okay, there you go. Uh, and in addition, the uh, crack research squad has uh, gone to the uh, has gone to the tail of the tape and has discovered that the Winnipeg Jets last scored two power play goals in a game on March 11th. So just about exactly a month ago, the Jets scored two power play goals. Mark Shifley and Vlad Nemesnikov scored first period power play goals against the Florida Panthers in that 5-4 Jets overtime victory in Sunrise. Uh, That was the last time the Jets uh, had two power play goals in a game prior to tonight's explosion against the San Jose Sharks. So there you go. Uh, You can file that one away and use it around the water cooler tomorrow if you're if you have an office to go to i guess a lot of people don't have an office to go to what happens if you don't have a water cooler at the office uh, the coffee pot uh the photocopier the xerox drink coffee. well you could still hang around it and i mean i don't know the xerox machine do you have a xerox machine fair enough okay thank you, you. Know, if i could just do a quick manuk moose minute here buddy robinson former moose has an assist in that game that's his yeah. first point of the season that's good against good buddy. moose minute yeah no, Manuk Moose Minute. I was just reporting for the Manuk Moose Minute. Ah, oh, you're, like an, you're like a correspondent for the Yeah, Manuk I'm Kevin. a correspondent for the Manuk Moose Minute. Excellent. Right. Former, former Moose buddy Robinson. Good for him. First point of the season. Well, good job. Do you, know that I, do you know that he's our buddy? <laughs> you do. My kids have been asking to watch Elf. They haven't seen Elf yet. And uh, Buddy the Elf. Is, they haven't is, seen Elf yet. What's going yeah, on, I man? don't know how that's possible. You know, they've seen a yeah, lot of movies. Happening? That's a classic. I know. I agree. They, they're very confused about the... Uh, they want to see the scenes where he's always putting syrup on everything because my kids would put syrup on everything also if they had their choice, oh, like most children. Would. I'm, I'm with your kids. Hotcakes yeah, from McDonald's or anything, really. Waffles. Uh, Any, anything that you can put syrup on. I'm As for. he puts syrup in his hair, for God's sakes. Yeah, That's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then it drips down and I eat it. That's a beautiful scene. That's an absolutely beautiful image that I think everybody appreciates on this Monday night. Uh, Courtesy our buddy Murata Tesh of The Athletic. Here's some post-game quotes. Uh, Rick Bonus says that the Winnipeg Jets played two solid games and one bad one against the Minnesota Wild this season. He also says, forget about it. Quote, tomorrow night, 
all of that doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. You put all of that aside and you make sure we bring our A game tomorrow night. That is Rick Bonus talking about the Jets and the Minnesota Wild. Oh, double negative there from Bones. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Uh, he, he's emphasizing that it doesn't matter. So uh, obviously the I guess Jets... that would be more repetition, but... Well, I think it's emphasis. I think emphasis yeah, was the emphasis, word you were looking emphasize. for. Yeah, not yeah. so much a, dug- a double negative turns something into a positive. Yeah, two, Yeah, you're right. Yes. Okay. You know, minus minus equals plus. But yeah. uh, we'll, what we'll... element of this show is a double negative? <laughs> uh, Rick bonus on the Jets powering through early adversity when the Sharks scored 20 seconds into the game. Quote, there was no panic. That's what we've been preaching for a while. Just stay in the moment. You're not going to win every shift. Things aren't always going to go your way. Next shift, get us going the other way again. That's the Jets head coach talking about the Jets being down one nothing 20 seconds into tonight's game. And the last quote here, courtesy of Murat Atesh and his always helpful Twitter uh, feed. This coming from Josh Morrissey on the sense that the Jets' recent play, that no matter what happens, the Jets won't be denied. Quote, I think we're playing free, we're playing aggressive and confident and on our toes, and that's what makes us a great hockey team. Certainly a great homestand for the Winnipeg Jets. They finish it with eight out of a possible ten points when they needed those points the most. One point away. Earned one point earned in the final two games tomorrow against Minnesota, Thursday against Colorado. We'll see the Jets as a playoff team. We remind everybody regarding playoffs stay tuned for some news regarding a potential illegal curve watch party and live on location broadcast of the illegal curve post game show. So, news on that front to come just as soon as we're able to bring it to you. Keep that in the back of your mind when you're making your playoff plans for either game one or game two on the road, likely in Vegas. The possibility remains high of there being an illegal curve watch party. Ezzy, tough duck, hardest hitting comment. Who's getting it tonight? Yeah, we're going to give it to Keith Forsyth, who I, I believe won. I don't remember when he won a tough duck too, but I remember the name. Um, so we're going to give it to Keith Forsyth. You got it up there, Drew. Great uh, profile pick there, by the way, of dribbling a basketball. Safe to say that when the Jets play the way their coach wants, they succeed. If they play like this going forward, they can go toe-to-toe with any team in the West. I just like that comment. It's, it's uh, you know, to the point. And they did play the way Coach Bones likes them to play. And, you know, it's interesting, right? Because once the Jets officially get into the playoffs, we're going to be obviously, you know, uh, you know, breaking down you know, every little, you know, line combination and matchup and advantage and disadvantage and everything like that. But, you know, if they can bottle up the way they played against the Red Wings, against the Devils, against the Predators, and then tonight against the Sharks, then they absolutely have a chance. If they play like they did, um, you know, for parts of the second half of the season when they were getting badly outplayed, badly outshot, their power play was pretty bad. They don't have a shot against a team like the Golden Knights or, you know, the Oilers or another team that they might play. So, Keith, love that. That's tonight's Tough Duck hardest hitting comment. Send me an email, Ezra at IllegalCurve.com, and Tough Duck will ship out a toque to you. There you go. Congratulations. Even though you're not going to need that because it's going to be really nice this week. That's right. It is going to be really nice. It seems as though we can maybe confidently say that uh, winter is over. and It's the- over. 
You're saying well, it? Is it? Oh, Ginsburg guarantee over. means well, blizzard tomorrow. A, a but I didn't see a blizzard in the forecast. But like, it's going up to 17 on Wednesday. Like all yeah. the all the, the yeah, snow yeah. is going to be gone. But yeah. I, you know that, and I think that's kind of the reason why Jets fans deserve, and I'll say the media as well for us. But I think that's the reason why there deserves to be hockey in, you know, in the playoffs and in you know, in the coming weeks because it's finally reached the point where you no longer have to wear your jacket to go to the rink. Today, no jacket. I mean, I wore my suit jacket, but I didn't have to wear a jacket. So it's like it's finally getting nice, finally getting to the point where you can walk to the rink comfortably. You don't have to worry about, uh, you know, the the snow, the the wind. So uh, it's it's well it's well deserved for everyone here in uh, Manitoba. It's to pothole get a little, season, uh, as you documented on your oh, Twitter account. Dear God, as he's swerving, you're, you're I was swerving in and out of traffic. Yeah. I was weaving and bobbing today uh, with some of those potholes. It was it's it's uh, it's embarrassing. Well, the it's worst actually the, embarrassing. Yeah, we, our, our roads definitely need some work. But the worst is when you. I did this the other day when you swerve to avoid a pothole and then you just you drive another over one. another pothole, right? <laughs> like so, it's like it's impossible. It's like it's just it's crazy. But I mean, it's. it's I'll tell you this. Right? I'll tell you this, Ezzy. When I was when I was premier for the day, one of my main platforms, along with synchronizing the lights, but my number one was fixing the freaking roads because let me tell you that's that's what they need in here in winnipeg it's brutal and uh, dave m's uh My premier platform. for the day dave vote, for premier. Vote, vote, dave. vote for me 2024 vote dave don't look in the closet the scandals are numerous but as long well, as you keep true. those buried in the closet Ooh. we'll be fine i think in, you should do some front. something for cyclists for brent bellamy as well because the cyclists uh oh no i would ban i would ban bicycles i've never even seen does dave, do you do you own a whoa, bike it's a norco yeah dave uh, m brings that out and goes for a, a cycle every now and then i've never seen i, I, I wouldn't know but good to know that dave m is a cyclist tour de manuk <laughs> yeah uh tour de manuk indeed uh nashville still up one nothing on calgary uh they're on the power play with about uh just under 14 minutes to go uh in uh the second period there uh legal curve contest we only have a few more of these regular season contests to go so if you haven't yet won you really got to get your entries in because you're quickly running out of time. Only two more regular season games to go and a chance to win in the illegal curve contest. The unique code word for tonight, Dave M. I want you to explain this one to the good people and everything else. Explain it, Dave M, how it's going. What do you mean? You don't really know? You don't understand that? Come on, Drew. Really? Go ahead. Hmm, interesting. I really you're, didn't look that Drew, you're, you're like 85 I, years old. You should understand the movie Jaws. We're uh, going to need a bigger we're boat. Need a bigger boat. Come yeah. on, Drew. So okay. it just, you know, for those who are listening on the podcast, no bigger boat needed. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Dave, that was pretty good. For the, that's not bad. I didn't really, my, my head didn't go there. But uh, so it's a Jaws reference, of course, the sharks come being on, the opponent. Come the, on. The, you know, the, the chat understand, understood it. Even Spencey's like, come on, Drew. I'll be honest. I really didn't look at it until I just teed you up for it because I really I wasn't really sure where, what it was at all. So I thought you put it in there. You can get the dap. You can get the credit. You can get the uh, the kudos for coming up with a with a good word. So the unique code word: no bigger boat needed. Enter that into the contest page. Access the contest page through the drop down arrow on our YouTube channel, and of course through our website you can find the link there as well and you will be entered to win some illegal curve or some merchandise uh, courtesy of us here at legal curve like today's winner mandy moore 
not sure. Maybe she's related to Darwin. I don't know if she's related to Darwin or the singer. Yes. Either or more, but but she doesn't need any more. She'll get some IC gear. Or sorry, go. Jets merch from IC. There you go. Jets merchandise what from was Mandy Moore's big song. Making my way downtown. Uh, was that her song? No, that was Lee. Wasn't that, that Lisa was, Loeb? No, I think that was I think he was singing oh, uh no, that's Stay my, Dave. No, I think that you yeah, stay, stay was Lisa Loeb, stay. but I think you were singing um uh, uh whatever uh, Billy Ray Cyrus's daughter's name. What was her name? No, 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 that wasn't Miley Cyrus. Yeah, no, isn't that heading downtown? Something no. like that. No, no, it's Lisa Loeb. No, Lisa Loeb is stay. You know, there's no question. Yeah, she was I, a one hit wonder, unless she had some other good songs. Hopefully, there's actually, but I don't know. I don't know if you've seen fans out there. I don't know, but if you've seen Hot Tub Time Machine 2, it's very funny where uh, the guy stole the Lisa Loeb song. So instead, she ended up being like a like a, a personal assistant. It was very funny. Okay. I well, highly so recommend it. Hot Tub Time Machine 2. There you go. 1-1. Uh, one, one, Calgary's tied it up. Uh, Troy I Want to Be With You, apparently, is her most popular song. Mandy Moore's most popular song? She was on that show, that recent uh, NBC show that... Uh, uh, Entourage? No, no. That wasn't... By the way, Mandy Moore's show. confirmed for Saturday show. Okay. Um, the one that just ended not that long ago, uh, This Is Us. I think she was uh, one of the stars of This Is Us. I did not watch This Is Us, but uh, I assume somebody in the chat can confirm or deny what I'm saying uh, in any event. Yeah, there you go. This Is Us. Thank you, people in the chat, for knowing the show uh, This Is Us, because I certainly don't know much about it. Drew, but... please break down the most recent episode of Succession for us. Well, did you watch last night's episode? I haven't watched any of that that stuff it's a great show yeah. it's a great show I'm not, I'm not going to break it down uh because spoiler alert but if you didn't watch uh succession last night what's it, it? i don't help. even know what it's about i have no idea I, you could tell me it's about you know robot sharks i have no idea what the show's about well i sort of wish now that it was about robot sharks because i would totally watch that uh, you know maybe you should make a movie about sharks in a tornado <laughs> has anybody made that movie that could be a good movie guys i'm just trying to think about it uh, uh it is succession is about a uber like the the one percent family and the oh, so dynamics. people like you, Drew. Now, yes, wonder you exactly. like it? Like me, yeah. uh, it's the dynamics the of the family. The father is a media mogul, uh, not okay. you know, not this Yeah, is this like is this a, a, a true life story of Drew Mandel? Like, yeah, no. like what's going on? Uh, not dissimilar to what I would say, like a uh, Rupert, Rupert Murdoch sort of thing. Okay, he's That's a little kind of what it's loosely based off. No, it's not loosely based on, but you can see the parallels because they ran a news network and he's definitely Machiavellian and uh, all sorts of things. It's about his kid who's going to succeed him. Is that kind of really what is the show's all about? Well, kids, there's there's multiple children. I'm not going to get into it too much. You, if you want to watch, you already it, did too much. Come on, let's move along. I've heard I've heard good things. I just I, I didn't really know what it was about, but uh, yeah, people are talking about that first episode. It's in well, no, it wasn't the first episode. It or, was the or at least in the most recent episode. Yes, it was a very dramatic episode last night. I'm not going to get into it anymore because, like I said, spoiler alert. And I don't want Doug getting mad at me. Doug, it's been an hour and six minutes, and we've talked about hockey, and now you're getting mad at me that we're talking about nonsense. Normally, we talk about nonsense at the 60. Doug doesn't mark. like it. By the way, oh, my doesn't favorite, like it. move on, Drew. My, move on. My favorite though is when someone says, "What is this?" And it's you, when we were talking about the flames the other day. Someone's like, flames "What is this? Lunch. Flames lunch and yeah. or Leafs lunch?" But this is a good one by Spencey Sutton. What is this succession lunch? I agree with uh, Spencey. Let's move along, boys. Come on. 
It's okay. This isn't a recipe for success, boys. There's lots to still talk about, guys. We're the Winnipeg Ice are going to learn who their next opponent is, which is tomorrow, apparently. For their is uh, it going to be the Regina Pats, or is it literally just going to be Connor Bedard, like one player <laughs> on the ice versus the Winnipeg Ice? It might be that. I mean, it's 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 kind of ridiculous to be. One, about it's it. one nothing Saskatoon. In, right. In that, yeah, like that game seven is happening right now, and, and that so was the, and that was the Mindell WHL minute. Yeah. So the the next opponent, I. Th- think for the ice would either be Regina or Moose Jaw. If, if uh, obviously Regina wins, but, and if Regina loses, then I believe it's Moose Jaw. So I think that's how it's going to go for. Yes. Uh, Cause Regina, I believe is the sixth seed and they reseed yeah. after the first round and they'd be the lowest remaining seed. So if, if Regina yeah. wins and people want, you know, I, I would imagine people want to see Connor Bedard if they have mm-hmm. an opportunity. To do Absolutely. So. Yeah. I don't believe he played here earlier this year. I think no, he, he plays. He did. Did he play in Winnipeg? He did, in fact, because yeah, our friend Cole, sure. our, our friend and photographer Colby Spence took some great pictures. Drew on a little site okay. for a little site called TheLegalCurve.com. I've also I, seen I, some nice pictures at rumors that Colby's been taking. Yes, uh, right. Tim Nutt recently. So Colby, Colby's very talented. I thought that I, he is. You are incorrect. Talented. You can you can keep going down the road, but the, the reality okay. is you I'm, are incorrect. So don't I'm don't try and use some memory that's not there because right. it's a false memory. Okay, I will not uh, go down that road whatsoever at all. But uh, in any event, the one nothing Saskatoon leads after Speaking 40 Speaking of minutes. rested, Drew, you mentioned the Jets might get a full week off the ice. I think I've had the last, uh, what are they? They've been off for, I think, for a month now. Yeah, <laughs> Obviously, yeah. I'm joking, but they, that sweep of the Medicine Hat Tiger seems like a, a very long time. It ago. does. It's yeah. it's like it's it's like uh, the morning papers in the notes. I'm always like, and now the ice are, well, they're basically waiting for the next opponent. And so you're right, as it's been a while for them. And, and the Moose... Just to quickly, uh, they finished, obviously, their homestand. We're not going to talk about that because we already did. But yeah. they are starting off in Texas tomorrow night with a chance to clinch uh, a playoff spot if they get two points. Obviously, other things can happen, which would allow them to get in. But they, if they want to control their own destiny, a win tomorrow would punch their ticket into the postseason. There you go, Dave M. with a very quick uh, Moose update. And, of course, we'll have more on the Moose on tomorrow night's Illegal Curve post-game show. Uh, puck drop tomorrow night, if I'm not mistaken. It's at a normal time, isn't it? 7 o'clock? Normal. Yeah, yeah, 7. Okay, 7 o'clock, 7 o'clock Central, which means post-game show tomorrow night, 9.45 after the Jets and the Minnesota Wild. Time will tell if it is a playoff-clinching uh, Jets game against the Wild tomorrow or if they have to do battle on Thursday, uh, attempting to get into the playoffs. Yes, they but Just quickly, what one bird fun word does say, and, and that the person is not wrong, because oh, sorry, I went to Darwin by accident. You realize if Minnesota loses tonight, there's nothing for them to play for. It's a good point, mm-hmm. because the truth is that they could choose to continue. They Obviously, we've talked about it. The, the Wild have dealt with some big injuries. They're going to be missing some guys, uh, you know, most recently, Oscar Sundqvist. So they've got some injuries that they're dealing with. Obviously, Kirill Kaprizov is back. Uh, I think folks in Minnesota are a little bit irritated with Logan Stanley and looking for blood. So we'll see if there's a – even though Kirill, a Kirill yeah, Kaprizov, Kaprizov said what they're playing for. They're not playing for – you know, positioning in the standings, they're playing for blood. Yeah, exactly. Although Kaprizov himself said he did, didn't think it was a dirty uh, thing. And the best was the comments were like, well, I'm still mad. I'm still mad. And like, I know is- better than you person who got injured by the other person. <laughs> yes, wasn't exactly. Like a WWE. Wasn't it like a backbreaker? Like it was like a wrestling move that he put on him. It wasn't anything malicious. It wasn't anything deliberate. It was no, just, but it, a, was, it was a, a large person sitting was, on a small yeah. person. Yeah. Oh, it was like Andre one. the giant trying like earthquake. It was like, it was like Hogan trying to lift giant, you know? Yeah. Uh, but you're right. If the Wild lose tonight, 
then they're locked into the third spot in the uh, in the Central Division. Uh, so they really would have nothing to play for. They have two games remaining as well. Right. Uh, so. The game tomorrow against the Jets. And then Thursday, they play Nashville Predators. So, uh, you know, the, it's sort of an interesting scenario because the Avalanche, who, of course, play the Jets and also Nashville, but it all depends on what happens between the Predators and the Flames. So I think it's probably time for us to go watch that hockey game. Because we'll be back tomorrow night at 9.45 for the Illegal Curve post-game show after the Jets and the Wild. We'll know more about where we're at playoff positioning-wise and things of that nature. So be sure to schedule that into your calendars to join myself, Dave M., and Mr. Ginsburg tomorrow night at 9.45 back here on our YouTube channel. I want to say a big thank you to all the sponsors of Illegal Curve who make the post-game show, the Saturday show, and the website a possibility. Our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Linden Market Dental Center, Zappia Group Realty, Betway, Tough Duck, Boston Pizza, Seagram's, Rolly's Transfer, Grid Park, and The Keg support these fine businesses because of their continued support of Illegal Curve Hockey. Jets win tonight 6-2 over the San Jose Sharks. If you haven't already done so, smash the like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast, leave us some feedback here, there, and everywhere, especially on the iTunes page about what you like about this fine program. We always appreciate the five-star reviews. Uh, we'll see you I see he's climbing the charts right now, top 25 podcast in Canada, folks, because of you, so we appreciate that. There you go, Dave M. Uh, giving dap to you, the loyal audience, just like Ezzy and I agree with that dap giving by Mr. Dave. We'll be back tomorrow night, 9.45. Jets win tonight, 6-2. Until then, for Dave Manuk, for Ezra Ginsburg, I'm your host, Drew Mandel. Thanks for joining us. This has been the Illegal Curve postgame show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, Follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.